Tonight, with life shape, we have a word from God again. One more building block in our life shape prayer and discipleship. You know, just before joining you, we have been in prayer. As I've told you before, we are praying 52 weeks this year. We have dedicated ourselves to come together and pray according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I encourage you to visit the website, ifmypeoplewill.com. I know many of you, that's how you're accessing this particular program or these materials. But at ifmypeoplewill.com, you can get free materials, free discipleship materials to add to your life. But make sure as a minimum that you're setting aside some time each week to pray. Okay, as a minimum, hopefully each day, but each week as a minimum to call upon the Lord out of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said this. He said he would hear from heaven, then he would forgive our sins, and then he would heal our lands, okay? So uh, we believe that. We believe that that is a word that went out from heaven, uh, even, you know, uh, last year as God spoke to us and told us to prepare and told us that at the beginning of 2013 we would begin to hear this. You may remember I told you this. I said, listen, one of the ways you can know that, that we're hearing from God is that other people will begin to say it. I mean, if you are the only person that's hearing something, okay, uh, most likely, uh, you know, most likely, uh, well, I would check it out. If you're the only person that's hearing it, that's the sign of a cult. You know, it's only happening here, and, and we're the only ones. You know, uh, you know, you are special, but everybody's special. And when God speaks, God didn't just tell Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron and Miriam that they could go into the promised land. That's not the way it works. You know, God wanted his whole family to go in. God's word is, is, is like a river. You know, the word of God uh, is forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but, but God's word will never pass away. The word of God is, is permeating the earth. Uh, there, there's like a, a, a channel, a river of God's voice over us constantly. And when we tap into it, when we reach into it, when we peer into it, when we pray and, and break through into what God is saying and tune our minds, our hearts, our spirits into what the Holy Spirit is saying, we begin to hear what God is saying to everybody. God has one word to the church. He has one word to a nation. He has one word to a people. God is speaking one word. And that's why I told you last year that watch what's going to happen. People are going to begin to hear this. They're going to begin to hear this word. They'll begin to hear 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. And I'm telling you, not a week, hardly a day goes by, but never a week goes by that we don't get some information of some... Uh, 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 some you know uh, uh, amazing uh, uh, example of God having introduced this to another group of people, or to you know someone saying it from Sarah Palin, uh, you know on on Fox to to uh, uh, you know a, a, a local church across town here in Beaumont holding a seminar on it a few weeks ago. You know to to to, to yard signs up in Buna that you saw. You know if my people who are called. I mean on and on and on. This week I had lunch with a pastor and he, 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 he began telling me the same thing. You know, Pastor Ken and I were listening to someone preach uh, just last week 
And we just looked at one another and just chuckled because they said, if my people, you know, Sunday morning, Brent and I got up ready to come to church and we cut on the TV and, and wouldn't you know it, here's one of the preachers on TV saying, let me tell you what we need. If my people who are called by, I'm, I'm going, Brenda, you know, we just look at it, we just laugh anymore, we don't even wonder. It's what God is saying, it's what God is saying to you. Make sure that you take time to pray. You know, humble yourself, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. He will hear, he will forgive, and he will heal our lands. He will if we will. And uh, it's sad he'd say if, but the fact of the matter is we are and we will. Amen. God bless you. And thanks for joining us tonight on, uh, this is, we're, we're in module two, new creation realities in our discipleship. And tonight we are at block number eight. This is our 20th time to get together, and uh, uh, our first module was on redemption. And let me tell you, uh, praise God, this week it was translated into Russian. Uh, it's being translated into Thai right now. It's also been translated into Swahili. It's being translated into several languages, uh, even right now, because people all over the world are teaching the very same things that you're, that you're learning. Uh, this module, this, this first module on redemption is about to go out to every church in the Golden Triangle. And that is, I forget how many hundreds and hundreds of churches that is. I'm looking around here to see Crystal Crystal is in charge of doing that. Oh, she's upstairs with youth, okay? It's about to go out as a free gift from you, the first module on redemption, the first 12 lessons, encouraging every church in all of Southeast Texas. Actually, it's much broader uh, than just, uh, well, it's, it, it's a bigger group. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches. We're sending it out, uh, just encouraging, in the hopes that a few of them would take serious the call of God to set aside a special time each week. We're only asking them if they, if they don't already have some type of prayer group that they can introduce this to. We're asking them as a church, as a, as a prayer group, to start one or else to take at least five minutes in a midweek service, just five minutes a week, to humble themselves in prayer, to seek God's face, and to let him know they're turning from their wicked ways and, and, and realizing that if we will, he will. You know, we're, we're, we're touching the Baptists, the Methodists, the Church of Christ, the Episcopalians, the Lutherans. You know, we're, we're blanketing all of our community with, with, uh, with life shape, prayer, and discipleship. We're telling them to put their name on it. They don't have to put our name on it. In fact, our name's not on it. We're telling uh, churches all and, and, and leaders and groups all over the world, put your name on it. Let us publish it. Let us just give it to you free. If you'll just use it uh, in order to strategically disciple your people and get them in the habit of consistently praying, uh, seeking God, recognizing their dependence upon him and, uh, and, and uh, seeking his pleasure, his will, not their will, his will, just for, just for one time a week is all. Just seek his pleasure and turn from their wicked ways. And uh, we are seeing, you know, uh, we'll see during the next uh, uh, three years is our goal. We'll see at least 10,000 of these groups around the nation and around the world. And so continue to pray if you would and be a part of this. God bless you. Thank you for being a part. Well, uh, let me get to our lesson tonight. Our Life Shape Module 2, New Creation Realities, Block 8. Tonight we're talking about the subject, one subject each week. We're putting one building block in our life. We're talking about the subject of power. New creation realities. What do we get when we get born again? The first module was on redemption. The second module, module two, is new creation realities. What do we get when we get born again? What is the reality? What, what, are, what are the realities of the born again experience? And we have talked about so many things that we get when we get born again. And tonight we're talking about power. You know, in the northeastern part of Israel, 
northeastern Israel, right on the Syrian border, right where the Golan Heights are, there is a large body of fresh water. In fact, it's the largest body of fresh water in all of the Holy Lands. It is the Lake of Gennesaret. It's also referred to in the Bible as the Sea of Galilee. It's where the, uh, the majority of the drinking water from Israel comes from, where, where they get their drinking water, their irrigation water. It's fed by the Jordan River from the north and, and flows out at the south. It's about 14, 14 and a half miles or so long and about seven to seven and a half miles wide at its widest point. And it provides a fresh water supply there. Well, situated on the northern shore of this Lake, Lake Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, situated on the northern shore is, is, is a very uh, um, um, well-known little town, okay? Uh, it's well-known in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the town called Capernaum, where Jesus did so many of his miracles and, and teachings and so many signs and wonders were done in this little town of Capernaum. You can go there and visit the, the archaeological site there of the, of, of the town of Capernaum today, and they've done a very good job there in preserving it. And uh, Jesus chose to minister there in this little town, and, and two of my favorite stories in the Gospels come from uh, 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 the time that Jesus spent in this little town. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, uh, it, 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 it's a very important hub of the ministry of Jesus in the Galilee region. Uh, Capernaum is it, it, situated there in the Jordan River Valley, about uh, 650 to 700 feet below sea level. And so it's a very interesting climate, uh, but it's a very wonderful experience to, to see the place where Jesus walked on the water and well, two of my favorite Bible stories come uh, and, and happened in this little town. One of them you can read about in Mark, the fifth chapter. It's the story of, of Jesus having arrived at Capernaum by boat, and he gets out of the boat, and there's so many people around him, and they, and they all begin to uh, cry out, and, and a man named Jairus comes, a ruler of the synagogue, and says, Jesus, would you, would you come to my house? My little girl is sick. And Jesus says, sure, I'll come and heal her. And so Jesus and him began a very short walk, not more than a hundred-yard walk. And as they are walking along, multitudes around him, there a, a, a woman, a little woman who is sick. She presses in. She comes in. She interrupts them because she presses into this crowd and touches Jesus' clothes, and something happens. Immediately she is healed of a plague that she has. Uh, uh, it's by faith she just touches his clothes. And... and uh, she was immediately healed, the Bible says, of her affliction, of her plague. And, and in verse 30, uh, um, uh, the Bible tells us, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power, power, remember tonight we're talking about power. When this little woman touched him, Jesus stopped immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Well, you know the story. You know, the, the, the disciples say, Master, there's so many people touching you. What do you mean who touched you? And he said, no, someone made a demand on the power that I have on the inside of me, this power. I felt someone touch me in a different way, and I felt power go out of my body. I felt virtue, the King James says, a, a healing virtue 
virtue was, 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 uh, was drawn from me by faith. Who did that? And, you know, uh, 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 God's word teaches us the truth, by the way. That's why we have the word of God, so that we can see and understand truth. This particular little story here, it intrigues me, but also when I read it, it encourages me to want to know how this happened and what happened. How did Jesus know that? What, what was this power? What happened? What was the exchange? I believe the word of God is, is written so that we might, you know, uh, uh, be, be drawn into study and, and, and understand what is going on. Uh, you know, uh, the word teaches here that Jesus immediately knew that a demand had been made on the power that was resident in his life. Uh, what kind of power? What is it? And, and, and how did he know this? Well, the Greek word here that is translated power here in this scripture, it's a very specific Greek word. And, and this Greek word in this verse is the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. And uh, uh, dunamis commonly means strength, might, force ability. That's what this means. It means strength and might and, and force ability, a, a, a miracle working ability, basically the ability to make things happen, a power that is a dynamite kind of power, dunamis, dynamite, a miracle, something explosive, something with potential, something that makes something happen, a release of ability. That's what it means. And in this occasion, it, it was the power to heal and the power to affect a cure in this woman's life. That's the kind of power that went out of Jesus. He had that kind of power inside of him. Wow. The power to, to uh, exercise the force necessary, the ability required, the strength uh, that, that was needed in order to effect a healing and a cure in her life. Wow. What power. The second story that I like that took place in Capernaum, one of, one, one of the two favorite that I have, is a story which took place a little earlier in the second chapter of Mark. It's the story of, of, of Jesus coming to the city, and, and everyone loved to be around Jesus. They loved to hear him teach, and, they, and he healed, and he fed people. They loved to be around him, and so multitudes followed him. When they heard he was in the city of Capernaum a little earlier in his ministry, they began to gather. He went into a house, maybe it was Peter, house. You know, you can still visit Capernaum today and see, uh, you know, a replica of a house from that day. And it's very, uh, very interesting to, to have that when you read the Bible so that you can imagine Jesus in a, in, a, in a real house. And he was there in a house of Capernaum and people began to gather. So many people came around that they could not all fit in the house and they couldn't even fit around the house. They, they, they'd even just, just, just completely enclosed, uh, you know, around the house so tightly that, that people couldn't get in. Well, there were four men in that city of Capernaum who had a friend who was paralyzed. And they wanted their friend to, to, to meet Jesus in, in hopes that Jesus would heal him. And so they went and got their friend, these four men, and they brought him on a bed because he was, he was paralyzed. And, and when they brought him to the house where Jesus was, they could not even get even close to a window because of all the people that were pressing in. And, and so uh, undaunted by all the obstacles that were in their way, they wanted to get their friend to Jesus. They wanted their friend to meet Jesus. And so these men climb up on the rooftop of that house and taking their friend with them uh, on, on, his, on his sickbed, and they tear a hole in the roof. Now, 
imagine a real roof. They tear a real hole in it. Okay, this is this is uh, you know uh, not something probably the homeowner appreciated, and most likely something they were going to have to fix. But they were uh, were, were were bent on their friend meeting Jesus, and and so they tore a hole big enough that they could let their friend down with four ropes. They let him down uh, there, and he went right down in front of Jesus, interrupted the meeting, and when Jesus saw the extent that these friends would go to, believing that if their that, that that if their paralytic friend could get in front of Jesus, that he could be healed. When Jesus saw their faith, Mark 2 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, he looked at the paralytic and he said, son, your sins be forgiven. Wow, this caused a stir because the people who were in the house said, who, who can forgive sins but God? Oh my goodness, what do you mean? Jesus, you know, look, and he saw their faith and he said, hey, listen, sick guy, your sins be forgiven you. Oh my goodness, people said, oh, is that blasphemy? Well, Jesus understood that some people were having problems with this. And so in verse 10, Jesus said uh, to, to, to the man, uh, 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 said to everybody, that you may know that the Son of Man has power so that you might know that Jesus, Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man, so that others might know, so that you might know. This is written so that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Wow. Uh, you know, listen, uh, this power, so that you may know that he has power. You know, the first story told us about an ability, a strength, a might, or a force. This word power is not the same Greek word as we looked at earlier, dunamis. This is a different Greek word, exousia. E-X-O-U-S-I-A is a transliterated spelling of that. And, and so the, uh, this is a different kind of power. What in the world is this power? Well, this power means authority. It means privilege. It means right. It means jurisdiction. It means I have a right. I have, I have a privilege. I have jurisdiction over this. I have authority. In its most common usage, we understand that Jesus here was not just talking about a strength he had or an ability that he had, but now he's saying, so that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on earth, has the jurisdiction on earth over sins, so that you can understand that not only can I heal the sick, but I have the authority. Authority, not just the ability, but the authority to forgive sins and the ability to heal sickness and disease. Wow, what power was given to Jesus. Uh, the Bible says you know, uh, that how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And uh, Acts 10, 38, how powerful is that? Uh, this, this concept here of right and privilege and jurisdiction, of course, is different than this concept of ability. But thanks be to God, he has given us, the born-again believer, both of these powers. The power that we inherit, the power that we gain, the power that we have access to through the grace of God in Christ is a power that gives us both authority and ability in Christ. In fact, that's what uh, Jesus uh, had. Jesus had both the authority of God and the ability of God to forgive sins and to perform miracles on earth. 
He had both the authority and the ability. That's the power of God in the earth. It's a, it's a twofold power. Both the authority, both the jurisdiction, the right, the privilege, and the ability, strength, might, force to do whatever needs to be done. Just to clarify doctrine, by the way, we are not only to identify with the woman or with the paralytic man in these two stories. Yes, there are times when we need healing, when we need help. There are those times. But do you realize when you got born again, Jesus is seated in heaven, we are called to go forth. We should also be identifying with the Jesus in these two stories. We should not just be those seeking health or seeking forgiveness. We should also be those who are ministering both the power, the right, the privilege, the jurisdiction, and the abilities of God. God has given us, the born-again believer, power on earth as well. As the disciples of Christ, we also are sent into the world. That's what Matthew, the 10th chapter, tells us. We are sent in the world to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Freely we have received, we are to freely give. We are the hands of Jesus. We are his feet. We are his ministers of this new covenant of grace. We are filled when we are born again. We are filled with the Spirit of God and have access to the power of God through the grace that is in Christ. When a person is born again, they become, as I said, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And one of the new creation realities that we have is the reality of power. We have been given both exousia and dunamis, the dunamis of God in Christ. Our key scripture for tonight is found in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 19. This is what Luke 10, 19 says. Behold, Jesus said, I give unto you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, I give unto you power. In fact, bring it up again if you would. Uh, this is what it would read, Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give unto you exousia. That's what the scripture says. Behold, Jesus says, I give unto you power, exousia, authority. Behold, I give unto you authority over all of the, the, the abilities of the enemy. I give unto you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the dunamis of the enemy. You have been given authority, not only in the earth, but also authority over all of the enemy's abilities. And nothing, the Bible says, shall by any means hurt you. What a wonderful thing to realize. We have been given the power of God. Not just authority, but also ability. Our important points for tonight are these. Remember these as uh, those of you who are teaching these and reteaching these. Uh, thanks so much. But remember, these are the important points. Keep these things in mind while you're sharing these lessons uh, with those who are uh, learning these blocks during their discipleship time. Number one, we have been given authority. We have been given authority in Christ. You have been given a delegated authority, a badge to go in his name and to pray in his name, to command in his name. 
Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those which, things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's an authority we have been given to speak in the name of Jesus, to pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will hear you. And you can know that if he hears you, he will grant the petitions that you desire of him. His name, that's our authority. We have been given authority in Christ, okay? John 1, 12 says, To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believed in his name. That word power there is authority, exousia. To as many as received Christ, to them gave he authority to be called the sons of God, the manifest sons of God, even to as many as believe on his name. Important point number two, we have been given ability in Christ. Acts 1.8 says that you shall receive power. That's the Greek word dunamis. You shall receive ability, strength, might, force. You shall receive the abilities of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We receive not only an authority when we get born again, but also we receive ability when we receive the Spirit of God into our lives. And point number three, we have been sent by God to minister the power of Christ. We have been sent. You and I have been sent to exercise our authority and to demonstrate the ability of God in Christ. Take that seriously. You have authority, you have ability, and you've been sent by God to minister in the name of Jesus. God bless you.